So yeah, y'all. <laughs> I intentionally used the word y'all in reading today's gospel because I wanted to highlight the fact that the Greek word with which Jesus addressed the crowd is in the second person plural form, which in English happens to be the same as the first, the second person singular. You can mean you, or you can mean all of you. So Jesus here is using y'all. Or maybe if you're from the Midwest or the Northeast, maybe I think, it could be you guys. <laughs> but no matter, Jesus is addressing a community. And he is saying that entire community, not one specific person, but the entire community is salt and light. This community is salt, and this community is light. It's a communal thing. And salt and light, the words salt and light, can be understood as communal also. A single grain, tiny grain of salt, doesn't do much. I'm not sure that you would even taste it. But a whole lot of grains put together works wonders for the tastiness of food. These grains have to be applied to something for their work to get done. Salt sitting on a shelf in a shaker isn't worth much. And light is the same way. Light can light a dark place. But if there's no one that sees the light, what is it accomplishing? It's almost like that old question, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nothing there to hear it, did it make a sound? I don't know. Light that doesn't illuminate, also if it's hidden, doesn't accomplish anything either, like salt sitting in a shaker on a shelf. What good is that salt? What good is that hidden light? They both need to be applied to something in order for their purpose to be fulfilled. So we have the communal form, a plural form of you, and the communal essence of salt and light. Meanings that one might not understand from just reading the English translations. So I am very thankful for the Greek scholars who've been able to shine more light on these words written in Matthew. But there is yet another grammatical form that's important in this scripture, and we talked about it last week. Once again, in this sermon, Jesus uses the present tense of the verb to be. He says, y'all are salt. Y'all are light. Right here, right now, those people listening to him were already salt, were already light. It was not something that was going to happen in the future. Jesus is pointing out a condition of the community that already existed. These things for us also are a part of our makeup. They are a part of our very essence as children of God. Jesus pointed out to his listeners and points out to us that this is a condition, being salt and being light, of who we are. 
He is not prescribing something to happen in the future, but he is describing what that community and our community already is. The community is already salt and light. So he says, be salty. If you don't, if you don't, you will lose your saltiness. But Jesus goes further, and now sort of in an imperative, in a command, if you will, when he says, in the same way, let your light, let this community's light shine before others so that they may see your good works. They may see this community's good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now here I have to stop for a minute because I was always taught and still believe that we should be humble. And in fact, just in the next chapter of Matthew, in chapter six, Jesus teaches the same thing. Jesus said, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your father in heaven. But hasn't Jesus just said in chapter five, let your light shine so that others may see it and give glory to your father in heaven? They seem to contradict each other, but not quite. In chapter five, it is the community that is letting its salt and light work because the salt and light, the good works come from a foundation of God's love. In chapter 6, however, it is a warning, a warning about doing good works in order to show off, to get personal recognition. So these two verses don't contradict each other. So now back to what I was saying earlier. It is one thing for us to know that we are salt and light. It is one thing for us to claim this as being a part of our identity, because Jesus is the one who is telling us that this is who we are. And most of us maybe have no problem doing this at all, to claim to be a child of God, to claim to be salt and light. Yet, it is another thing entirely to live into being this salt and light as followers of Jesus. Now let's think of salt and light as knowledge in our case. And in our case, it might be the knowledge of God's will, the knowledge of God's love for us. Now God's will is a concept that we struggle with sometimes. I know sometimes we pray for, God, I need to know what to do in this situation. You know, what is your will for me right now? What is God's will and how do we know it? But we need to remember, though, that even if we don't know the specifics of God's will, we do know the basics, just like the Jewish followers of Jesus and like the scribes and Pharisees the, who were the keepers of the law and knew all of it. We know what the prophets said about God's will. Just last week, we heard Micah. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? And just a few minutes ago, we heard Laura read God's will spelled out in more detail in the words from Isaiah. Loose the bonds of injustice, undo the thongs of the yoke, let the oppressed go free, share your bread with the hungry, bring the homeless poor into your house, 
cover the naked. We all know these things that are God's will. We claim the identity of salt and light, and we have this knowledge of God's will. And I will add God's love. We have the knowledge of God's love that is the foundation of God's will. But we are like salt that has lost its flavor and like light hidden under a bushel unless we do something. Our saltiness must be used on something, and our light must be shown on something. In other words, we must act on our knowledge of God's will and God's love. Why? Well, as one commentator put it, and to see if I can say all these words, <clears throat> knowledge without action is an impediment to the implementation of the kingdom of heaven. Knowledge without action is in an impediment to the implementation of the kingdom of heaven. The implementation that you and I pray for every Sunday, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we are serious about this prayer, we must put our knowledge of God's will and God's love to work. We must put our essence of salt and light to work. It is knowledge without action that perpetuates racism. We know racism exists, but we don't want to see it. Can we, or at least some of us, some of us do see it every day in their lives. Can we shine our light on those systems that perpetuate it? We know sexism exists, but we don't want to talk about it. Can we pour our saltiness on those who believe that women have no place in leadership in our government and sometimes no place in leadership or in the pulpit in a church. We know the oppressive history of this country. Can we shine our light on the hidden history, especially when we see it in the church? These topics and so many more are difficult to talk about because these are topics that challenge the church and each of us to get out of our comfort zone. We are comfortable with charity, but are we comfortable confronting the problems that cause the very need for charity? We are comfortable making sandwiches to share with our homeless community, and that's wonderful. I am not knocking charity. But are we comfortable asking where are the mental health facilities for those who have a chronic mental illness that keeps them homeless? Where are the services for these people? We are comfortable talking about the lack of affordable housing. But are we comfortable questioning the zoning laws and the builders that request changes to those laws that allow McMansions to be put up in formerly affordable areas, areas of our city? Are we comfortable 
when affordable housing is proposed in the neighborhoods where we live? We are comfortable supporting our veterans, particularly those injured in war. But are we comfortable questioning the very notion that spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year on weaponry, weapons of war, are we comfortable questioning that necessity to keep us safe? There is nothing wrong with charity. There is nothing inherently wrong with charity. We will always have to have some form of charity. It will always be necessary in our world. Even Jesus says, the poor you will always have with you. But when that is all we do, when that is where our action ends, we are losing some of our saltiness and dimming our light as God's community. We are limiting our sharing of God's love, for we are not using God's love to transform our communities. The church community has a default setting, if you will one that tends to lean toward comfort, conformity, and complacency, to not rock the boat. We all have that default setting, too. There are days when I just don't want to do anything, nothing. Sometimes I don't even want to, I don't want to make an effort to change something or to challenge something. That's human nature. But we, as followers of Jesus, have more in our nature, more in our essence than this default setting. We have salt and light. We have knowledge of God's love. And we also have the responsibility that goes with being the recipient of God's love. Jesus said it this way, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And no matter what you learned or were taught in Sunday school about scribes and Pharisees, or how the Gospel of Matthew sometimes describes these groups of people, they did have a high standard of righteousness. They did have a high standard of following the law, the letter of the law, for doing what God required of them. They did try to follow of the, all of the laws given to them. But Jesus sets a higher standard for us. Our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Our righteousness includes putting our knowledge of God into action. Our righteousness is being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The challenge is to discern what this looks like, but we must do it. For if we don't, our prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is just a bunch of empty words. It is insincere prayer. May we, Holy Covenant United Church of Christ, find what God is requiring of us. And may we let God's saltiness sting and God's light shine through us to this community. Amen. <laughs>